Listen, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it authentic. You can transform your life with holistic approaches to wellness. You can rejuvenate your mind, your body, and your soul through this personalized nutrition and organic product that I offer. You'll feel vibrant and energized while living a lifestyle that nourishes you from the inside out. You can truly discover the power of optimal nutrition. I help people eat, move, and feel better. And that's all that matters. Healthy mind, healthy heart, healthy soul. Hit me up. Let's get on a call. Let's talk. I'd love to help. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. So glad to have you guys here. Hope you're having a great day so far. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm here today with my friend, Zach. Um, He has also got a podcast and we hopped on a great call, had a great conversation. So of course, I had to have him on the show. Zach, why don't you give yourself a little introduction to the audience, a little tell us a little bit about what you do and maybe where you're from and what your goals are. Yeah, man. Uh, appreciate you having me, of course, um, off the bat. Obviously, we connected kind of organically online through mutuals as well as just what we're kind of creating. And I think that's the benefit of putting yourself out there is you start to very much attract um, like-minded individuals and just by nature of sharing your thoughts, find people that resonate with them. So really cool to make the connection. And then I guess as an introduction of myself, like you mentioned, I, I do have a podcast uh, that that goes by the name of the Vitruvian podcast. Um, I'll try to be brief with the introduction, but more or less, I am the founder of a company called the Vitruvian, which is broadly focused on the world of self-mastery, self exploration, understanding, development, et cetera, whatever, whatever kind of terminology you want to use there. I run um, a men's 12-week 12 de- 12 self-development program um, called the Vitruvian Man Program, which we can go into kind of more details there. But I work with clients both one-on-one and in a group setting to help them determine their, as I term it, their Achilles advantage, their kind of unfair advantage for going through life, which more or less is through purpose exploration and figuring out in the unique alchemy of what is your weaknesses, strengths, experiences, all of it amalgamates to what can be, what you can put into the world as your gift to give it. And so that's kind of the nature of the work that I do. The podcast is more exploratory where I get to connect with cool people online and have really deep and meaningful conversations. It's been really awesome to have that experience over the past year, um, as well as the work that I do with my clients. So that's a, a broad introduction. I can go into kind of any of like the history um, or anything that I kind of left out, but yeah. Awesome, man. And I think it's super cool that you have that because a lot of people are looking for like, I would say young men in general are looking for places to go to because they've kind of been forgotten about in society and kind of neglected in a way through our education system, through um, media and entertainment. Um, so it's very refreshing to come about, you know, other men who are one have programs to offer and two to come about young men who are willing to make the changes for themselves because they know how much they're actually worth and society doesn't portray that doesn't portray the, the notion that 
young men are capable and that they're actually worth something. So it's, it, it's, you know, very important that you have that. Yeah, man, it's been really incredible. I mean, I think some percentage of it was wanting to create something that I would want to have and be able to give to a younger version of myself, right? Starting out Mm. on that self-mastery journey at the very, very beginning, like what are all the distilled lessons, the best frameworks, the best mental models, the best books to read, the best training program I could develop with all these years and years of experience into one thing. Um, So part of it was for that younger version of myself. Um, And then obviously getting to step into the space where I'm I'm working with more and more people and, and sharing the message just through both my anecdotal experience and then the studying of all the great men of history, which, you know, there's kind of a tremendous amount of aesthetic inspiration I take, but also even just for my personal life, I love to read the works of or the autobiographies of great men throughout history, take what seems to be kind of underlying truths across all of their stories, whether it's frameworks, quotes, and we can go into all kinds of stuff like that. But um, yeah, I just, it, it's, it's a really special space. And, and like you kind of alluded to, there is definitely a, a big percentage of people that I think are, are disaffected um, in the way that the mainstream media, although... I think most of our generation has stepped away from mainstream media, but even in the world of social media, there is kind of a a counter movement. We're seeing kind of a bit of a pendulum swing back where people have had enough of what they're hearing. And so we're kind of returning to what may be considered more kind of traditional values or um, traditional roles of masculinity and femininity, which, you know, it's not directly the nature of my work, although that is one of the things we discuss is kind of like the masculine, the feminine and energies and, and such like that. Um, but yeah, I apologize if that's a bit wandering, but I definitely, I definitely agree. It's been really incredible to see that internal journey for myself and then to be able to share those lessons alongside other men. And I think the community aspect is is really powerful as well. Yeah. What you said, I resonate with completely like, <clears throat> First of all, making the younger version of yourself proud. If you could go back like in time and have a conversation with that younger version of yourself, like you would want that younger version of yourself to look up to who you are now and aspire to be that. And also, I I also agree with the kind of shift that we're having. So, you know, like everything, there's an opposite and equal reaction. So I think there's just been this reaction to what's been portrayed and, and, you know, over time, the past couple of decades, we're just seeing the kind of toxic masculinity and just the complete negligence of masculinity. And then, you know, obviously there's going to be an opposite reaction. So I think that's what we're seeing altogether. And it's re- very refreshing, like I said before. So, so yeah, man, uh, I wanted to ask you though, We you said on your call, uh, on our call before, and then you brought it up again, Achilles advantage. I wanted to kind of I wanted to hear your your breakdown of what this is because I think it's actually really important for people to understand. Yeah, absolutely. So the name comes from the kind of famous fighter of ancient times, Achilles, which people may be familiar with kind of the mythological story. And I, I chose that name intentionally because I think that um his advantage in combat, Achilles's advantage in combat came from acute self-awareness. He was a feared and potent fighter, not only because he was talented in combat, but because he was aware of his one weakness, which allowed him to be perfectly positioned at all times and aware of the fact that he was flawed in this one way. Obviously, the kind of as the story goes, he was 
dipped into the river Styx, which gave him immortality, except by the heel which he was held. So the phrase Achilles heel, everybody has that specific weakness. And likewise, I don't think it's smart in life to be unaware, most importantly, or completely ignore the areas where we may have lack. But even in kind of its totality, listing out and being acutely aware of like, where are my gaps in knowledge? Where are my weaknesses? But also where are my strengths? Like what, where is my life story taken me? What are the lessons that I've learned? Um, and acknowledging kind of the gravity there, I think because we go through life and it just continues to pass, we often can underwrite the significance of our own story and the things that we have to share. And so going back through various different types of exercises, you can kind of start to uncover what ultimately becomes very clear is like your gift to give to the world. And I think that that's part of, you know, maybe my gift is I often help facilitate people seeing their own highest value and how they can kind of operate. And and that could be whether you're building a personal brand and you're trying to figure out how to tell your story, or it could be, I just need to have a statement and internally know exactly like why I'm here um, in the world and what is my gift to give to the world. That could be, like I said, building a massive uh, podcast. It could be building up a business. It could be creating content, or it could be something that's not in the public facing arena, but I know that I have talent for coaching. And so I want to go and coach kids at a high school, or I really love teaching. So I'm going to go teach um, in my free time. So just being armed with those kind of things and that acute level of self-awareness, I think allows you to position yourself in life where exactly where you fit because everyone in my opinion and I will die on this sword like has a gift to give but it do- the onus does fall on them to go and do the work to figure out what that may be that is powerful man that last statement um so i'm assuming that your achilles advantage is your is your program right and so i wanted to break that down how did you come about discovering this achilles advantage and then once you kind of discovered it how did you double down on that you mean for myself personally? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I would argue that, you know, your life's work is continually going into the internal world and figuring out as you go, what it is that you do. And uh, one of the things I touch on, we have a, a whole week on purpose in my program. And there's an important distinction, I think, to make for purpose, because it's it's really hard to tackle that concept of purpose. Like I need to find my life's purpose, especially as a young man. Like it's really hard to say at 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, this is my life's purpose, 100% like clarity, because we can only connect those dots looking back. And you have a lot of life, hopefully, to look forward to. And that is why the distinction I make is between inner and outer purpose. And outer purpose is the what. It's the what that you're doing at different times. So when you were a kid, your outer purpose is maybe playing on the soccer team or you know going to elementary school. And then you go to college and now you're a college student and maybe you're in some leadership positions on an organization and then you graduate and you have whatever your job is. And so that outer purpose changes to whatever your job is. And then eventually you're a father. And so the point is the outer purpose, the what that you're doing throughout your life will always take different forms. Um, but the inner purpose, which is the you or the I, who you are being throughout your life is always being actualized. Like Zach's story is always being written. Steven's story is always being written, even as those external purposes change. So it's about kind of navigating the what, because in life we have to make decisions about how we spend our time and attention. So the what isn't to be discounted, but it's more of an understanding that all of those 
different steps along the line are part of your inner purpose being realized. And I think we can, like I said, in retrospect, it becomes very easy, right? You look back on old relationships and you're like, okay, it's, I'm glad that that relationship ended because it taught me X, Y, and Z about what I do and do not want in a relationship. Or I had this job experience that at the time I had no idea looking forward, but now I look back, it's like, okay, I gained sales skills. I gained uh, context for this industry, et cetera. So yeah. And as far as myself, you know, I, I do believe that there's a, a fair amount of, you know, divinity and um, guidance that I've been given a lot of this stuff. I don't want to claim kind of personal power over, but in my, I guess, wind back the clock, I had always known I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but as we talked about, you can't just check the box of being an entrepreneur. You have to go and build something. So in my last year at university, I was doing a lot of the similar exercises, a lot of things I actually incorporated into the program down the line, just doing internal work, exploring myself, like what are my weaknesses, strengths, passions, like going back through my childhood, like what were the things that really filled me with joy, moments with immense happiness, et cetera. And a lot of that was just subconscious work, right? Like journaling, taking the time, but nothing like magically appeared before me. So during the process of recruiting for full-time positions, as I was graduating, there was kind of an opportunity to step into a mastermind, which it was kind of a faith-based decision. I ended up taking a loan to even be able to afford it from my younger brother, actually, and stepped into that on kind of an act of faith. I knew I wanted to help people, uh, and I had no idea what it was going to be. I have kind of a background in fitness training and nutrition. I studied biomedical engineering, so maybe it was going to be coaching, but I also have all these other varied interests with philosophy, mindset, um, and all of it. And I and I felt like it would be inauthentic to myself specifically to to kind of silo into one of those things. So that's where the Vitruvian was born in that, you know, from its namesake, the Vitruvian man, kind of the famous sketch from Leonardo da Vinci, someone I drew tremendous inspiration from. There's the idea that at the center of self-mastery is your body. And I think you have to discipline your body rigorously as a man, but we have the ability to be so much more. And I think that ability begets the duty to do so and take action in these other arenas of your life, like a true Renaissance man, like Leonardo. So I kind of created uh, what I call the three Vitruvian identities, which is philosopher, warrior, and artist. And throughout the 12 weeks, you're nurturing those three identities for yourself. Uh, warrior being you're kind of developing physical systems, training, nutrition, uh, routines, habits, etc. kind of the physical world. And then philosophies where you're diving into your philosophy of self, the philosophy that you go through life, analyzing your beliefs, limiting beliefs, frameworks for, for frameworks and mental models for how you go through the life. And then that final, that final section, the artist is seeing yourself as a creative force in the world. And that's where the Achilles advantage is kind of brought in where you're doing exercises across the 12 weeks that lead you to, you're building out what I call you, your Da Vinci blueprint that leads you to your Achilles advantage. And so each week there's kind of exercises that are going to take you through different parts of how you have been or will be a creative force in this world and kind of navigate the world both aesthetically and inspirations you've drawn from. And, and there's a number of other things, but essentially all of those amalgamate to a tool that by the end of it, you should have kind of a, a clearer roadmap or blueprint, if you will, for how you can find what is your gift to give in your Achilles advantage. Yeah. And I think it's super important to look within when you're curating this purpose, like you spoke about before, could because you can do a lot of external work, a lot of a lot of reading books, a lot of consuming, you know, self-improvement content and stuff. But I feel like the most improvements that can come is when you look internal and when you seek within, when you start working on yourself and when you start 
um, becoming more intuitive by practicing meditation and journaling and kind of figuring out where your passions are, where your soul desires, like how you spoke about with going to that uh, mastermind based on a whim of faith. And like, there was something intuitive about it that you knew you needed to do that. And that was one of the things that, that led you to this um, Virtuvian, you know, program that you have. So, and, and I think that's important for a lot of people to realize when they're on their self-improvement journey, because you can start looking at external things and consuming external things because you think that's what's going to help you get there. But the, the best way to do it is to go within and work on yourself and curate that part of yourself. And that's why I'm a big believer in working on yourself before you help others. So like help yourself before you help others. Um, I'm pretty sure that you can you know, agree with that. Um, because... 100%. I mean, the the slogan of my company, the Vitruvian, is be the renaissance. And uh, if you go to the, the Vitruvian.co, you can see kind of the manifesto that explains maybe more about what that's kind of stands for. But the idea being that we all want to see change in the world. But the only way that that ever gets actualized is by taking the journey inward and creating that change. It's kind of an old trope or a cliche, like be the change you want to see in the world. But we all want to be a part of like we alluded to, there's this backswing, there may be a, a sort of renaissance movement, but there's no movement. There's no sign up sheet. There's no place you can go to go protest and say, I'm part of this thing. It's just about becoming the best version of yourself on the day-to-day -day basis, mastering that internal world. And then it goes outward. A quote that comes to mind is from, uh, Anne Rand's the fountainhead and, uh, I'm going to pull, I'll pull it up so I don't misquote, but it talks about the importance of, that internal world and you you touched on kind of self selfishness as selflessness and i think that yes. that's super it's super important and the quote goes to say i love you one must first know how to say the i the meaning of the i is an independent self-sufficient entity that does not exist for the sake of any other person a person who exists only for the sake of his loved one is not an independent entity but a spiritual parasite the love of a parasite is worth nothing and, and then I, after that, I kind of said, and this is like the pinned tweet on my Twitter account currently, um, the self-discovery is the most noble and others focused work you can do selfishness as selflessness. So I think it, it is really, it's really key and very important because it's, it's in those moments where we can kind of get condemned by people around us, like, Oh, what do you mean you won't come out with us? Or what, like you're, you think you're better than us? Like it's that kind of feedback you start to get from the external world, which is ultimately a lot of just projection on on the part of the people around us. But the truth is, that if you really care about the people around you, you can't do anything for them. You can't go into their world and heal for them. You can't make them step into the place where they're getting fit or changing the things in their life, in any arena, internal, external, etc. The only thing you can do is be an emblem or something, a noble ideal for them to aspire towards. And by continuing to go inward, you create a version of yourself, which opens the door of curiosity for them to say, Hey, what are you eating? I noticed that, you know, you're in really great shape. Like, can you tell me about that? Or how do you train? I'm really curious about that. Or, you know, you seem to be very present and still like, what do you do for mind mindfulness practices or what book are you reading right now? And it's those little threads that allow us to kind of enter into the world of other people. But that only happens if we really take the journey inward first. Yes. And I feel like when you're, you know, when you're ready to help people, it's kind of unfair for other people if you haven't finished, not finished, but 
essentially done the work before you start helping people because you owe it to other people to be that version of yourself that is capable of helping other people. And I think it's important to also lead by example, because when you are on that kind of self-improvement journey and you're working on discipline, like you said before, people judging you and people projecting their insecurities onto you, they're not going to take your your words for to heart because they kind of see you as being in a sense, lame, like you don't want to, you know, go out and drink alcohol and you don't want to go to this social event and you don't want to go and do this because you're busy working on your business or you're working on your, on your goals and your dreams, or you're going to the gym and you're kind of honing in your, on your own goals. And so that is where it's important to, to just continue curating that part of yourself. Um, So I think that's important too. Um, I also wanted to, uh, I saw a tweet of yours about um, the divine, about how, how God can can kind of guide you in your life. I don't remember exactly what the tweet said, but I wanted to ask you about how you're kind of tapping into that energy to harness those goals. Let me see if I can pull up the tweet. Yeah, absolutely. Or you might know, you might know it off the top of your head better than me. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I, I feel like I tweet a lot. So there's a, there's a fair chance that there's been more than one. So if you if you want to pull up the specific one, I'm happy happy to respond to it, but also happy to Yes, answer. okay, here it is. Okay, I'll read it first. If you truly, and I mean truly, believe that God, which the universe, source, Allah, creation, whatever works for you, has a plan for you, then there's absolutely no reason at all to worry. Everything is going according to plan. Always, regardless of what's going on, life is happening for you. Just ride the wave. And even if this is just a mindset or perspective you adopt, it will make life infinitely more bearable. Given the choice between optimism and pessimism, why choose the latter? It simply makes the day-to-day harder at no particular benefit to you at all. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a number of different threads in there um, that are that are important to note. But I I think that regardless of where you come to this, and for the audience member, obviously there's going to be different levels of your own personal spiritual practice, belief in God, et cetera. I mean, I kind of, even in that tweet, couched it with um, talking about different different words for God. Um, that That's one important thing that I think separates the spiritual path from maybe a religious path or a dogmatic one is that you're not tied to or caught up in the words. It's about finding whatever works for you and truly kind of feeling into the truth with the capital T of God. Uh, I use the word God. I, I like that word, but it, it can be anything for anyone um, because there is only kind of one true presence or that that higher level of collective consciousness that we're tapping into, that, that power that is both within and without us and connects us all. Um, so that, that that's one thing I would say kind of like before we, we dive in is that whatever words I choose to use following this and then my, my explanation, just keep kind of an open mind to it and um insert whatever effective words work for you but adopting that mindset even if you go sans spirituality even if you're somebody sitting there and you say like i don't believe in god like i believe in strict evolution and i'm a naturalist and i believe like we live we die we're just here to experience things evolution has brought us here i have all of my scientific justification that that is totally fine and again i think that that is science and spirituality often tell the same story using different words and they're often pitted against each other but again if you aren't dogmatically tied on either side you can start to see that they are telling a lot of similar truths but even if you are devoid and you deny 
or don't believe in the existence of a spiritual world or, or higher powers at play. I think even just adopting the mental model that everything in my life is happening for me rather than to me, it's very empowering. It takes you out of that victim mentality. And it also allows you to see the things that maybe if they aren't going your way, you can start to immediately look and say, okay, how is this happening for me? And this goes kind of into the inner purpose thing, right? Like a breakup happens and you're heartbroken and you can look at like, that happened to me. They cheated on me. These things happened to me. Or you can say like, what am I supposed to learn in this? How was I not showing up as an effective partner or where did I, how did I attract someone who could do something like that to me? Um, and what is this, what is the lesson to take from this situation? Maybe I got fired from a job. Maybe I got in a car accident. Maybe I have a severe injury. Maybe I was abused as a child, maybe whatever life is going to give you whatever the quote unquote hand you are dealt. And you could spend your entire life lamenting that and bitching and moaning and complaining and staying in kind of fear and victimhood based on whatever those cards are. And the crazy part is it doesn't matter what those cards are. There's an, anyone can complain about it, you know, whether it's really, really severe trauma or you just don't have the nicest car. There will always be one other thing. So if you're constantly kind of framing your experience through lack there's always one more thing to complain about. But I think shifting into gratitude and abundance, as well as saying, how is this happening for me? Like, what is the lesson to have here? This is not a moment of rejection, but it's a moment of redirection for whatever that next thing or next person or next experience will be for me. Like I said, it, it, even if you don't believe there is a God that has a plan for you, if you just adopt the belief that your life has a story and it's all working out to take you somewhere, just believing that, like an act of blind faith or optimism even it just completely alters or recolors your experience and it makes it easier on the day-to-day -to, -day to just go through life because there is far less fear far less worry if everything is going to happen the way it's supposed to it's kind of uh, almost buddhistic in that sense where you're detaching from the outcomes and i think there's a lot of peace that comes from that yeah and i and this is what I always say. You have nothing to lose to be positive about every situation. Like you literally have nothing to lose. And if you give every situation a chance to see the positive in things, to see the light in things, then you actually find what you're looking for. And it's so much more beneficial for your mental health and your state of mind if you're actively looking for the positive in every situation. Because it's so easy to look at the negative in a, in a situation. Like if you get in a car accident or if you're going through a breakup uh, or if you get in an argument with a friend, it's so easy to hone in on everything that quote unquote went wrong but if you just take everything from a different lens and look at the positive outcome or how can I learn from this why did this happen and you can kind of change your perspective and learn from things and even the quote bad things that happened you know quote again to you that you can reframe that that then to use that to improve yourself and that's one thing that's been absolutely instrumental for my path is is kind of reframing things that happened to me for things that happen for me and also looking at the things that are actually good in, in the bad. And you actually give the circumstances a label of good or bad. That's only, that's only the label that you attach to it. If something, you know, happens and you call it bad, that's only bad in your eyes. But so the same thing could happen to me or you, and we would call it good because we know there's something to learn from there. There's something to take out of it. So I think that's like one of the first things I always tell people when they're, telling me about their problems and stuff and they're taking the victimhood it's like okay well what do you have to lose if you actually think about it in a good light 
right? There's you actually genuinely and truly have nothing to lose. Um, and it's really easy to fall in the trap of victimhood because it's comfortable and you you know it's actually promoted culturally and there's there's nothing like there's no growth that comes from it because it is comfortable but it's uncomfortable when you start to like open your mind and try and perceive things in a different way with the optimist lens but you end up growing from it you you absolutely will um so if you're listening to this and you think that your situations are um bad in your opinion i encourage you to listen to look at things with a more optimistic point of view and you'll find the good in every situation that you come across yeah and i think there's definitely some nuance to add there because um first of all we are evolved to have negative cognitive bias meaning it's far more significant to avoid bad things than it is to seek out good things like if you if you were animal and this is like assuming the evolutionary psychology perspective but i think it's a helpful way to understand how we arrive to you know why why do we always look for those negative things part of it is societal but part of it i think is is kind of the animal nature of us if you take a bet and say that that's not a predator coming to attack me and you're wrong then you get killed but if you say that most of the shadows are probably a predator and you're always prepared if you're wrong you're still alive but if you're right you're prepared to handle it so that's why we have a tendency to always seek out the negative in situations um a simple example but it is now transcended into modern day where there's no longer a saber-toothed tiger or an attacking tribe it's just you know people saying things that maybe we don't like um and we tend to kind of really grasp onto those negative moments throughout our day so one is it's natural and it is a practice. It, it becomes easier and easier the more that you do it. And that like ability to reframe and see things as happening for you and, and as moments of redirection is a practice that it becomes easier over time, but it certainly will be hard at the beginning. And then secondarily, um, as far as like what you kind of said there at the end, if anyone's like feels like a victimhood or like, oh, it must be nice for you to say, but you haven't been through X, Y, and Z. Um to that person, I would say like there are actual like exercises because I know that in moments of like fear or victimhood or depression or anxiety, you can't just, okay, I'm going to think positive thoughts and my reality is changing. You have to actually have an exercise to walk yourself out of that place or or give yourself the space to observe how you're feeling. So one, one that is helpful that I have in my program is uh, an exercise called neutralization. So you're imagine, it's going to be kind of hard to describe here, but imagine like a four quadrants on a page. So just like a grid of four, four spaces at the very center is just the present moment or, or kind of a neutral item. And then essentially you're taking everything that whatever that event that happened to you, that you, you view as bad, maybe it's a breakup and you start to bring it towards neutral away from the extreme ends of positive or negative. Cause again, the things that happen, like you said, are just things that are happening. It is just how nature and reality is unfolding. And then we get to choose how to assign meaning to it. So if you want to take out a piece of paper with whatever you have going on in your life, write down the ways that it if, if this thing did happen to you, why it might not be that bad. Or if it had happened differently, why that outcome might've actually been even worse for you. And it's about bringing it towards that center point 
where it is just a neutral event and then you get to view it much more objectively and less emotionally and get tied up into the i wish it had happened this way and uh you know it, it completely changed my life and i had all these things and expectations about what it would do in the future but just bringing it back to the present moment and saying like if it had happened this way and we dragged it out into the future why would that be a problem if it hadn't happened why also would that be a problem and you're kind of like knocking down the things that make you feel negative towards a situation and you're eliminating them one by one in kind of a, a very practical way where you're stepping away from them rather than just saying like something shitty happened to you just feel better like think differently about it and i think that's an important practice but that is an earned right you can't just become somebody who's capable of doing that effortlessly you have to kind of enter the practice of doing that um yeah yeah, it comes with a lot of um, a lot of self work, a lot of inner work before you can get to that point for sure. Um, for me, it was just a continual. I think I would just follow people on social media and stuff, and it would just be a continual reminder from like their content and stuff on how to reframe your thoughts. So there's there's definitely more than one way to go about changing the way your thoughts work because obviously we're programmed in a way through nature and through environment to perceive and to have certain thought patterns. So you kind of have to take time to unlearn all of that. And then once you're in the process of unlearning, you also have to learn the new process on how to be more abundant and think more abundantly. So um, I think that's a great way to do it. Um, but yeah, for me personally, it was just a repetition of hearing all these positive things from changing my um social media feed i think that's a big one too is is how are you what are you consuming exactly that's helping feeding into your thought patterns and your overall behavior mechanisms so are you consuming things that are aiding to the positivity are you consuming things that are aiding to the negativity and i think that just comes with an overall desire to change a desire to ascend and once you have that desire then you'll start actively making changes and it's an overall all-encompassing type of change like you're not going to one day change one thing and then forever be changed you have to work um continuously you know on a well-rounded different things in order to get to that state of mind um so you know that can be physically and mentally and nutritionally and with your habits and like i said before what you consume um and but it's definitely a journey a journey that goes on for the rest of your life but it's so rewarding when you can get to a point and when you can be in that state of mind where you're not necessarily um, trapped by the victimhood. Um, like you said before, oh, but you haven't been through X, Y, and Z, but everybody has gone through their own X, Y, and Z. Um, and people process trauma and hardships in different ways. Um, and when you kind of put in that work, you can begin to process those those traumas um, on your own time. And I think that's what makes everyone unique. And that's what makes everyone's story and everyone's gifts so unique and so special because everyone has different experiences that create the person they are at this present moment. And so once you can begin to internalize and process all the things that happen for you, then you can kind of materialize your, your goals and materialize your purpose and, and realize that's what you're here for because some people go through one thing and they get through that and they're they're supposed to help people that are, went through something similar and some people go through another thing and their thing is supposed to help people going through that thing um so i think it all comes with the internal work like we spoke about many times before and just focusing on the well-rounded uh improvement that you can do within yourself yeah couldn't agree more yeah that's awesome man um and so 
as we are wrapping up here, I always ask the guests on the show, if you have one message, pretend the whole world's listening, what would this message be that you would share with everyone? Hmm. A very Tim Ferriss billboard question. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tough to figure out. <laughs> Your thoughts create your reality. Short and simple. I love it, man. That's yeah. um yeah. I mean, there's there's obviously can be expounded upon, but that would be the message that you know your internal state is going to create your external reality and experience. So spending the time to master your internal world is the only and most effective way to have the life that you want for yourself. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, man. And when I first heard that, like your thoughts create your reality and like you can, you are the creative reality. It seems so far away from acquisition to me because it just seemed, Oh, I don't understand how I can, I can do that. Um, you know, you, this person that's posting about this seems to have such a great life and, I'm, you know, again, taking the victimhood, but it's all about taking onus and reframing your thoughts. And it's, you know, it's just one step at a time, but yeah, there, you couldn't have said it better. And I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Steven. I appreciate it. And, uh, this is, this is awesome. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on and I'll drop your links in the description. Awesome. Peace, everybody. Thanks uh, for listening. If you got this far, have a great rest of your day. Peace. Mm-hmm.